views and opinions expressed by callers, guests, and hosts do not necessarily reflect those of the Black Talk Radio Network and Black Talk Media Project. Black Talk Radio is new black media for the new millennium. Welcome to, I'm sorry, let me try that again. Good evening and welcome to this live broadcast of New Abolitionist Radio on this Wednesday night on the Black Talk Radio Network. Today's date is February the 20th, 2019, and we're so thankful that you joined us tonight. Um, Tonight, we do have a special guest, of course, you know, on this program, we talk about Mass incarceration, which I more accurately call prison slavery, which was made legal after the so-called abolition of slavery in 1865 in the United States. Y'all may have seen Ava DuVernay's 13th uh, 13th documentary. There's been a couple of other documentaries. Um, I also recommend the film and the book Free of uh, Slavery by Another Name. That's what we're dealing with. We're dealing with a continuation of slavery. So we this first hour, excuse me, first half hour, we'll basically have an open forum. So if you're a listener, um, we do welcome your calls during this first half hour as we will just have an open forum. Uh, of course, I'm joined tonight uh, by the co-panelists. We got Maxwell Melvins on the line. We got uh, Mother Khadijah and Brother Tyson, and later on, about the half hour mark, we'll be joined by Skyler Economy, uh, Economy, who is a filmmaker, and we'll be talking tonight about her film and issues surrounding from incarceration to education. If you do want to chime in at any time with a question or comment, give us a call at 704-802. 5056. That's 704-802-5056. Hit the star key twice to unmute yourself and just please watch your background noise. So let me go ahead and bring in uh, my comrades in struggle. Um, how's everybody doing tonight? I, I hope that you know you're doing a lot better than a lot of people. I tell you, man, it's just so much on my mind right now. But uh, what's going on, everybody? Uh, how you doing there, my brother? Uh, I'm just Maxwell. Uh, I'm doing all right tonight, you know. As you say, you know, there's also a lot going on with me right now, but it ain't uh, too much going on that we can't get on here and talk about what we talk about every week, you know. Right on, right on, right on. Absolutely. Good evening, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to Black Talk Radio, the new abolitionist radio. 
through Prison Street Talk Ministries. It's Mother Khadija. We're just so excited to have a good platform today and just some good news around the world and see how we can better educate the community. So we're, we're, I'm happy to be here tonight. Brother Reed, what's going on, man? Hey, Maxwell, how y'all doing, man? Doing, hey, brother? what's up? What's up, brother? And things been rough, man. You know, family emergency, but you know, God is good, man. So I'm just, I'm just so excited to be able to provide somebody with joy and happiness tonight through the information that we just talk about, man. Because you know, life's too short, man. It's definitely too short, man. And we got to be able to get as much information there as we can because knowledge is there without work. So this this is what made me feel good, man, by being able to get back, man. And this is this these are the type of things that help me overcome situations that occur in my life. So it's a blessing to be on the show with some good brothers, man. And I thank you, brothers. Hey, Absolutely. so we do want to just open up the forum, you know, again, callers, if y'all have anything y'all would like to add, now's the time to give us a call and chime in. Um, but is there anything, Maxwell, Khadijah, or Tyson that y'all wanted to jump on first? Anything catch your eye? Any legislation you've peeped? Um, you know, what's what's going on? Because I know y'all got y'all ears to the ground. Oh, wow. No, I don't get it. Wow. The one thing I can do here. Take it, but, uh... I'm sorry, we can't hear you, Maxwell. Yeah. The only thing, right, that really caught my uh, attention, a lot of things that caught my attention, but... The Pentagon... Yeah, I'm sorry, Maxwell. You keep going in, yeah. and going in and out, bro. Can you hear me now? Yes, sir. Loud and clear. Yeah, that's better. I don't know what. Can you hear me now? Yes, sir. Yeah, I said, no, just one of the things uh, that caught my attention is that the Pentagon can't account for $6.5 trillion of money that's missing. Again? Misappropriated. They cannot account for it. $6.5 trillion mm-hmm. of, 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 of spending money. Am I still going in and out? No, we hear you. Oh uh, no! I say no. That's that's only one. Like one of the things in the news that really caught my attention, like that they can't account for six point five trillion dollars in accounting. Mm-hmm. You know, like where could this money possibly go? You know? Yeah, yeah. I I I feel you, man. I mean, the reason I'm saying is I'm talking about that's when we talking about they don't have enough money to feed the homeless. They don't have enough money to help students with these loans for colleges and different things. You know, this is why I'm bringing that up. Yeah, or, or tuition-free college. But, but, hey, Max, you raised a yeah. valuable question. That's that's exactly what's going on in the federal system and the state system is that the money that is supposed to be put in inmate funds is going missing, too. They're not, they're not providing us with basketballs, with tennis balls, 
and things like that. The things that they're supposed to be spending government funds on. Like, where's the money to provide the necessities, like for games and things like that, for playing cards? You know, you know, you know how it is up in in in, yeah. in the penitentiary, home, bro. That they had certain funds. Like they're using these funds to benefit yeah. the stuff. The, the government is creating an illusion to our people. You know what I mean? Which is the community, whether you black or white, to be able but to I don't know. Funds, yeah. I don't know. Create we... these oh. funds to create these funds yeah. and do what it is what they want to do that's necessary that benefits them. So they create funds at an yeah. illusion to be able to pocket money. That's where the yeah. money going. It, it, it don't take a rocket science to see where this money is going. If yeah, they can't account for this money, that means they paying people off. They yeah. they they keeping secrets. They putting money in places that you know that's that's non traceable to be yeah. able to benefit them. Because everybody know most people get inside the government to be able to profit and benefit. It yeah. always been like that from the beginning of the time, from the beginning of slavery. Everything yeah. has always been about marketing, profit, and 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 labor. You know, yeah. you can create the labor, you can create the profit, right? Exactly. So, so let's tie that in. You know here. That Trump so had just is, said, Trump go had ahead, just Maxwell. Said that if he couldn't get the money from his wall, did you know that he had said that he would be taking that money from military out of the Pentagon? That's where one of the he said that he would get his money build his wall of some of the funding from there but it was just strange that this just come up and he just mentioned not long ago that he was saying if necessary he would get that from a special fund from the military spending right but so I'm saying that's a lot why of money. would you want to weaken your own your, your forces why would no, you want to weaken I mean that no 6.5 trillion dollars they can't account for do you know how much money that they can't account for that's this isn't money this isn't but, the first remember, time um, deficit China. Yeah, this isn't the first first time the Pentagon has lost money. But how do we tie this in, though, to prison slavery? Well, I think Brother Tyson kind of touched upon it when he was saying, you know, yeah. they're saying they don't have money for this. They don't have money for that. Um, you know, more importantly, not saying the things that he mentioned were, weren't important because people do yeah. need need things to occupy their time and occupy their mind instead of just staring at yeah. some walls or, or you know, getting into some unconstructive stuff. Um, but, but, you yeah. know, we hear about all of these different cuts to rehabilitative programs. So, education, you know, education, a, education as well. Cut. Yeah, so, the, so this country can find money to do whatever it wants to do, like was just mentioned, hey, I want to build this $5 billion uh, wall. I'm going to get the money from over here. You know what I'm saying? So that's how I tie, tie in that $6 trillion that's missing is, you you know, it's, it's at the expense of the larger society because these brothers and sisters got to come home. And I'd rather they come home, you know, equipped with the tools that they need to reintegrate. And and we exactly. we need those policies. I mean, we need those programs to be funded. Right, and Brother yeah. Reed and Brother Maxwell, what I wanted to say was how does... How does the Pentagon fail an audit when they're the ones that implement all the policies and procedures for the entire world pretty much to go by making sure that everybody's crossing their T's and dotting their I's? 
but how is the Pentagon going to fail an audit? Their transaction is not just a few months. This has been going on since 1998. They're saying from 1998 to 2015, they can't trace nothing. They can't explain it. There ain't no documentation. Where the hell did this money go? Because guess what? This is more than what they normally would spend in a year. Yeah, now. So something's going on. It's enough money to take care of insurance so everybody can have health insurance for everybody. You know, on the education piece, and and, and uh, we will have uh, Skylar joining us to talk about um, incarceration and education, but, you know, Kamala Kamala Harris, the senator from California, the so-called top cop and progressive prosecutor, she had cited this study that says that education prevents crime, meaning the more educated a person is, the more opportunities that they have that they won't likely turn to crime. But my, my thing is, but you build more prisons than you build schools. I talked about how the Baltimore report came out or a news story came out about how the Baltimore schools were these children sitting up in there in their winter coats in the winter because there wasn't no heat in the school, but the city spending millions on a brand new uh, uh, juvenile detention uh, facility. So it's all about priorities. If you want to reduce crime, if you think that that's a way to do it, and I, I think it will contribute, it. it's not a magic pill, yeah. but making yeah. education more accessible to to everyone. But that's not where their priorities are. Their prior priorities is is waging war and practicing slavery. That's that's where they spend most of their money. Exactly, and it's not even that. Like you were saying, brother Scotty, also, you know, like. She's saying that she believes, like, even though in there, like, a lot of brothers coming home right now from prison right now, you can be most educated right now, but you have so many different collateral consequences and roadblocks that will stop you and prohibit you where people do not want to give you that chance or nothing. And that's one of the main things that this uh, documentary from Education Incarceration is <clears throat> why it was made. It was made to enlighten companies and different things to give people these second chances of showing the importance to give them a chance to get back out in the workforce so that they can be able to contribute to society and everything. You know, you go in there, they're not, it's like a whole routine you got to go through. I mean, when they give you one program in there, right, what's, what sense does it make taking this and you're going to come out and then you still got this block up against you? You got right. this block up against you. Every time you got to jump a hurdle and jump a hurdle and jump a hurdle and jump a hurdle, and some people never get through it, right? Because there's always something, and then you got their families that's out there struggling too that they're trying to help. They don't even have their cell phone track. You know what I'm saying? So it's helping to deteriorate and destroy the family. Because you got a guy just coming. I'm coming home right now. I got my kids out there. Mm-hmm. Got my lady out there. And, you know, with all the excessive own rates and all the money the family's spending to go on and visit them a lot, it entails so much. Mm-hmm. And people, a lot of people say, if you can't do the time, don't do the crime. It's bigger than that, man. It's bigger than that. Because, like you said, the system is designed a certain type of way for us, a lot of people, to get caught up in that trap. Right. Now, some of us have different interpersonal skills that we aren't able 
a lot of us can't handle certain things the way others may handle. They might not have the proper uh, conflict resolution skills or something, the emotional skills to handle certain situations or circumstances, right? We can't fault them for that. Some people are born that way. We, that's why God created everybody different. We aren't all born. We're going to be these saints and angels all the time. You know what I'm saying? We have uh, different people have certain learning disabilities, have all types of other things. You know, all types of uh, things. So, like, it's like a whole lot of entails so much sometimes, because Scotty entails so many different things. And just like people see people using drugs sometimes, man, once you stop, they think it's that simple for them people. It's not that simple. It's easy for us to say that to them. Right. Someone that's an alcoholic or something. Yeah, man, just leave that stuff alone. It's deeper than that. Right, right. It's not that simple. And it's I just want to comment on this whole thing with the school not having heat and stuff. And it's so interesting. Baltimore schools is that they have some of the older schools, so that means they have older equipment, which you know it's hard to get parts. We understand, but if you have a program set up to take care of maintenance of these programs and these equipment, where is the funding going? Is it a fraudulent thing? And, and then I think Connecticut, um, Hartford, Connecticut, they tracked air conditioners and hot water heaters back to the politicians' houses. So people yeah. are still yeah. stealing what these people need. And it just so happened to be African-American communities that cannot get the proper things. Why? Because people are stealing what they are supposed to get. And that's just a shame. So leading back to the RP we're talking about, the Pentagon. Where is this money going? What are they using it for? Right. Hey, because, uh, and, yeah. and to add on to what, what my wife said, another thing is this, man. We we have been going through this for many, many years. And it's time for us to wake up and understand that this is not nothing new to us. It's been going on for years, man. They take from a community and provide for one another community but at the same time it's it's it is written that they want to keep a one community down who they so called say is down. But it's time for us to uprise and time for us to take control and take these chains off ourselves because we are the chosen people. And and what I mean by that, man, it's time for us to stop being dumb and being blind and, and stop blaming everybody else. And do what we have to do because the simple fact. Let's let's get tired of allowing these people to do these things to us. To do, to part myself to do these things to us and continue to take from us. We have to overcome and and rise up and come together. This is this is what this show is about. It's about bringing us together and being able to be the voice for people who don't have a voice. To being able to be somebody who. Who we who who them people don't know we are, because we ain't gotta be the way they want us to be. They gonna continue to take from us. They gonna continue to hide money from us. They gonna continue to keep money and continue to do the secret things that they do that they've been doing since Jago Hoover. Yeah. You know what I mean, Cointel Pro. You know what they've been the, doing this to us. They've been putting us against each other. One of the things Jay that Hoover did it the best. William Lynch did it the best. You put the ass where the head is and the head where the ass is. One of the things you know that um, that Sister Khadijah brought up about Baltimore, about, you know, 
the school system and the different schools that are not being, you know, properly maintained where you got, you know, uh, no heat in, in a school with these children in there and what have you. And she was like, well, where's the money going? Well, in that particular case, like I was saying, uh, Mother Khadijah, is that it was going into a brand spanking new juvenile detention facility. See, that's that mousetrap that they, they, they set up for us. You know what I'm saying? Now, I, I, I get what Brother Ty, Tyson is saying. You know, those people in Baltimore, and I'm not saying that some people didn't, but not on the level that we should be seeing. They should have been rebelling against that. You know, because they have they have these these public meetings where they discuss these budgetary issues and, you know, and these are open to the public, but we're not going. And then when we find out about something, it's too late. The contract has already been signed. So, Brother Reed, can I ask you one question, brother? What's that? How long they've been training young young black brothers? to be in a position to where they catching charges, they're away from their family, this, this, the school system is neglecting us. I'm gonna tell you a story, brother, I'm gonna make it quick. When I was in the school system, I had black teachers and I had white teachers. And, 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 and for the simple fact, my mama went to that school, they didn't like me, because they ain't like the way my mama act. So they treated me differently, they put their hands on me, I'm talking about I had my computer teacher smack me in my face. You feel what I'm saying? Like, the injustice within, it starts with the youth. They know if they can control the youth, they can control a mass, a mass epidemic. If they get their hands on the youth and create a monster, this is their plan. It starts within the, in the school systems. The school system ain't teaching the real history. The school system ain't teaching our kids how to act properly. They're allowing them to act out in improper manners. They're allowing them not to know the real history about their ancestors. They're allowing all these things. And they're preventing them from having the books that they need. I can't get no books in school when I went to school. I had to go to a library and get hand-me-down books with, with missing pages. This is what, what you think they're giving our kids. You know, speaking they of what what, what you were saying, you know what they doing? They, they they charge. Listen, when I went to school, at least they didn't charge for paper and pencils. Now, when you send your kid back to school, now you got to provide all they, they they notebooks, they pencils, they paper. But but like you said, where's all this government funding going that they provide for all these things for these kids to have in the classroom? Hey, let me check. Let me check the line right quick, cause I know Mother Kadisha said we might uh, have somebody else calling calling in just to uh, share share something yeah, with us. Um, if you would like to comment and you're called in on the line, just hit the star key twice on your telephone keypad. That will let me know that you would like to contribute um, to the conversation. We got about seven minutes. Uh, until we are due to be joined by our guest, Skylar uh, Economy, where we will continue this conver- conversation about, um, you know, education, incarceration, and education. But, Brother Tyson, you know, it's not on the school to teach our children how to behave. That's on us. That's on me as a parent to teach my children and now my grandchildren because I'm very involved in my grandson's lives. That's on me on, on how to teach them how to behave. I don't expect I don't expect 
people who don't love my children like I love my children. I don't expect people to to care for my children like I care for my children. And it is on us to educate our, our, our children. Again, yes, yes, there should be uh, African-American studies in, in high school and they should be exposed to it. But that, again, that's on us. That's on us because we but, live you, in that community. You're exactly right, Brother Reed. I'm, I'm not even coming in that aspect. I'm coming in the aspect of what we're supposed to be taught in school. If you're going to teach me something, teach me right. Don't give me half truth. Right, That's the right. thing I'm talking about. When I'm talking about our community and us black folks, I'm talking about don't give me half truth. I don't want to hear about Christopher Columbus. Because Christopher Columbus didn't have nothing. I don't want to hear about none of that bull crap you're teaching me in school. Teach me about the necessities of my heritage. If you're going to teach anything in school, don't be biased about what you teach in school. You know what I mean? If that's the case, just stick to, to math, you know, and things like that. You know, history. History is not a point that you can touch on if you can't teach me my real history. And that's how I'm coming at it, Brother Reed. Yeah, I understand that. I understand that, Brother Tyson. I'm not, hold on. I'm not saying what you're saying is wrong. What I'm saying is, is, is our job as a parent, like you said, to be able to teach our kids. But don't have my kids come to school and you teaching them something that I ain't teaching them at home. And it's also on the parents to organize and put that pressure on the school board because the school board is elected position. Um, we need to be involved in determining the curriculum. And the sad fact is we just not organized on that level. Now, again, I don't want to sound like I'm blaming you know, poor people in impossible conditions who's just trying to keep their head above water. But I'm saying there are some of us, like uh, Brother Melvin was saying, we have these skills. We, you know, we have have certain political acumen, and we're not organizing to make these things happen. Again, I'm not painting all communities with a broad brush because there are some communities that are doing those things. But um, let, let me see. Um, if we have Skyler on the line, again, please hit star, star. I don't know your telephone number, um, and that way it'll un- unmute you, and we can bring you into the conversation. I think we, we have... Hey, a- this is Skyler. Hey, hey, Skyler. Uh, Maxwell, you want to take over? Brother Maxwell? We can't hear you, Brother Maxwell. Okay, um, Sister Khadija, will you go ahead and uh, give an intro for our guests and lead us into the conversation? I, I mean, I can introduce myself as well. <laughs> hello, 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 hello. Oh, there we go. This, this phone is going in and out sometimes. But, uh, yes, we have uh, Scholar Economy on with us tonight. And Scholar is... Uh, Film director, uh, is, is, is her her outlaws and everything is too far and too much to mention on here, but we're gonna let Scholar pretty much do an introduction on herself. Scholar is the film director of the film from educates from incarceration to education, and she's gonna explain to you what that documentary is about about mass incarceration and it's about the importance of education and it's about 
enlighten corporate America and all the other people out there of the importance of education for those that are behind bars and that are coming home. So we're going to pretty much let Skylar tell you exactly what she does, and she's going to do an introduction of herself. Cool. Yeah, thank you for that introduction, and thanks uh, for having me on the show. Happy to be here. Yes. Thanks uh, for being here, Skylar. Yeah, of course. So as Maxwell said, I directed Fight Film from Incarceration to Education, which is a short educational documentary film that's meant to inspire currently incarcerated and system-impacted individuals towards higher education. So what we do is we hold screenings in prisons, jails, youth detention centers, college campuses around the country, and also organizations. And um, we show, you know, the film has four formerly incarcerated students who are now currently and uh, formerly attending UC Berkeley, all PhD, master's, undergrad uh, levels, and they've all served various amounts of time for various amounts of different things and reasonings. Um, and so their stories can really make an impact on those currently incarcerated or system impacted. And then in turn, we also do screenings with yeah, corporations and just the general audience, people who really don't have this preconceived notion of people with a felony conviction or with a past history in the criminal justice system. Um, so this can help possibly make people change their mind about, um, you know, hiring people with a felony conviction or giving housing, accepting housing if you're a landlord and other things like that. So through the screenings, we've really seen kind of this shift of understanding whether um, it's wanting to go to higher education and seeing yourself in that position, even though you might be in prison. Or as a landlord, they might be like, wow, um, you know, you're passionate to find your future. And we should be able to accept people with a felony conviction into this apartment building. So we've been able to see that impact, and that's been great. So we continue to do screenings across the country for those reasons. And so far, some of your uh, screenings have been at San Quentin Prison. It's been at the Vera Institute of Justice of New York, University of Washington. Mm -hmm. It's been at the county jails. It's been at uh, various, even at Berkeley, it's been shown. Mm -hmm. And as you were just saying, the importance to enlighten the public out there and these corporate companies and people that aren't familiar of the importance of people coming home and about housing and different things like some of the collateral consequences mm -hmm. as a result that put up roadblocks. So when these people are exactly. returning citizens and you want them to go in and come out a certain way, but at the same time you have a roadblock by not affording them a house to live in or by not mm -hmm. giving them a job and different things like that. And the purpose of your video was to educate those such as, whether it's churches, corporate America, or whoever. Mm -hmm. It was the whole purpose of that. And is that exactly. Good, right? All right. And uh, yeah. you, you're trying to show a lot of the success stories of four weeks incarcerated as well, you know, like a mm -hmm. mentorship, uh, you know, to show the success of some of the stories of people that have went to college and gotten these certain degrees. Correct? Exactly, yeah. So what we do also at our screenings, because – you can watch a documentary, I'm sure we've all seen a documentary that we're inspired by, and then you are left with really no action, um, like what do you do to help this issue or whatever. And so what we find really important in our screenings is to have a panel with the students who are in the film who are formerly incarcerated on a panel, talking to people, answering questions, able to mentor them once we leave the prison or jail or whatever it is, 
or whenever we're in a different state or whatever, we'll have a community member or a few community members who have worked around that issue, whether it's reentry, anything, we'll have a panel of people who can help them in their community because that connection is the most important thing that you can have after a film because I think that's even more important sometimes than the film itself. The film itself is just a way to spark a dialogue, but it's action that is after that, the mentorship and the connections that are made and the inspiration made after that, that's the most important thing. Um, Skyler, this is Scotty. Thank you again for joining us. Um, just yeah, just real real quick, uh, some things I want to touch on. Um, you know, I run a nonprofit here in North Carolina called the Black Talk Media Project, which manages this network, right. w- network that we're on. And what inspired me to create it was I view... Um, I read a quote by Malcolm X talking about the power of media. Media is the most powerful entity on the face of the planet. It controls the minds of the masses. It can make the innocent mm-hmm. uh, look guilty and the guilty look innocent. And that's power. So, right. so from what I'm hearing, though, you, you know, the way I'm interpreting and you may not look at it this way, you may look at it this way. Um, but is your trying to change minds and pushing back against the propaganda of demonization of people who have been in prison. Because there's a lot of propaganda media Mm -hmm. that demonizes these people that create a mindset to where, let's say, a housing manager uh, don't want to rent to nobody like that. Or, you know, somebody on a job don't want to hire nobody who who has a felony uh, conviction. And, you know, that's that's great um, because, again, it's changing the narrative of what they're most exposed to. But at the mm-hmm. end of the day, you know, I would like to ask you, I think, though, that there needs to be legislation to prevent those co- uh, collateral consequences. If you have served, paid your so-called debt to society, if you are free, we are seeing that that historically, you know, has been used to disenfranchise certain communities, certain certain people, um, pr- primarily black, brown, and poor poor people. So we have seen mm-hmm. in some states, um, if I'm not mistaken, Maxwell, maybe New Jersey. I might have read a story about New Jersey's efforts to what they call ban the box on employment applications and yeah. what they have were, you. Yeah, they were, well, Philadelphia is one of the major ones. California uh, has followed leading in other states, but yeah, New Jersey is uh, working on that, but one of the, the best so far that I've seen that's working on that was Philadelphia because they also have the organizations such as Second Chances and the, uh, mm-hmm. and the Fair Chance Act that was implemented by President Obama that, where it's really taken effect in Philadelphia because some of these corporate companies have pledged to allow people when they come home to do this and they have actually put into action but at some of these companies such as Lyft and other companies lower management is not familiar with these people have made these pledges because they have not you know shot it down to the base of it but there are a lot of companies that like I said they just Law of middle management are not familiar with it, but it was implemented, and mm-hmm. they signed on, and they pledged. Some of uh, Kodak and Xerox, different companies, all types of companies pledged for the Fair Chance Act, and the Fair Chance Act mm-hmm. had to do with banning the box. 
Yeah, but like and, I said, and, and the other Philadelphia thing, is leading the nation. Philadelphia is leading the nation in that area. And the other thing, as you know, prior to Skyler joining us, you know, we were talking about the conditions that are are created to where a person will engage in things they other might might not otherwise engage in, and then it leads them into the prison or. It also plays into recidivism. So if I if I right. can't find housing because you can legally discriminate against me because I had mm-hmm. that felony conviction, to me I, I view that as all other forms of discrimination as well. And I think there needs to be exactly. a, a legislative uh, remedy to prevent that that discrimination. Your thoughts, Skylar? Yeah, I absolutely agree with you and i think that just like you know not allowing someone to not to not be able to even apply to a job or you know discriminating against someone and they can't get housing because of a felony conviction or their past is you know the same thing as any kind of discrimination and there needs to be legislation towards that and i mean relating this back to film and media like what you mentioned with the malcolm x quote is that i do think that you know films and people you know these voices being amplified because they're not amplified they're not being told in like you know mainstream media and so if we can find ways like this radio show like the documentary whatever where these stories can be told and heard in you know big politics legislation whatever then that can really really create a powerful change um, because this is discrimination Exactly. And Skylar, before you leave, I, we would, you know, not that you're leaving right now, but before you do leave, mm-hmm. we want you to tell people how to get in contact with you or different organizations Definitely. Or, or, or companies out there, how they can get involved, you know, in order for screening of this documentary uh, from uh, education, uh, incarceration education, giving you contact information and everything, you know? Yeah, yeah. I can give yeah. it out now or at the end, whenever. Yeah. But I also like to add this too, Brother Scotty. There are certain tax breaks and benefits also that goes on all the way across America, uh, Brother Scotty, where the uh, federal government will bond these companies, give them bonding for formerly incarcerated people. They also get tax breaks of 10000 per person if that person stays there more than a year. But it's just that the people in them companies and the people at the uh, Department of Labor and Workforce Education isn't provide, necessarily providing that information to them, but those right. things are available out there. They've been available for years where these companies, as I said, will get like $10,000 tax break. The more they hire and the longer they stay, they give more and they buy me, take anything that's missing or taken. They do have some, but that's not enough. Yeah, and, and, and also action that's going on across the United States where there is legislation changes that are being made as you know it takes time to pass but a lot right. of different states are also working on that it's just taking their time about it right and, and what you're talking about is similar um to the credits because uh, i'm a, a u.s military veteran and companies yeah. get get incentives to hire veterans and what have you so i i hear hear you that's the carrot i'm just ready to hit them with the stick of the law and just outlaw these forms of discrimination. But again, I, uh, I, I, I do I see what you're saying. Just outlaw it straight out without all the necessary legislative change and people having to sign X, Y, Z, just go in and just hit them with the stick. Look, get rid of it. Just wipe it out here. Right. Like, like, you know, uh, Skylar agreed. This is a form of discrimination, legalized discrimination 
under the law, you know. So, so um, one other thing I wanted to mm-hmm. uh, ask Skyler, um, you know, and this is tying into education and perhaps, you know, because it's been a while since I reviewed the information, but there's discrimination mm-hmm. even when it comes to former prisoners applying for Pell Grants and things of that nature right. to finance that. Can, can you speak to that to those type of barriers and, and what we might possibly could do to remedy, remedy, remedy that? Right. I mean, it kind of relates back to my previous answer was just like, I mean, of course, making this issue a big mainstream everyone knows about it that kind of thing because I think that you know people don't know about it nationally and it really kind of goes back to you know community organizing but also on a national scale whether that's um, you know through radio shows or through film or whatnot and I think creating a dialogue centered around you know that issue specifically like the Pell Grant whatever um, and forming these conversations and bringing it to the mainstream media is the best possible way to go. And of course, that's me as a filmmaker speaking. But that's just my opinion on that. And I think, again, relating back to the quote that you said earlier, you know, media has the power to, you know, really kind of change and make social change and manipulate it in so many different things, whether it's good or bad. But um, that's my opinion, at least. Um, Mother Khadija, uh, Tyson, do y'all have any uh, comments or questions for our guests? Like this man, Skyler, your opinion is right. Because with the propaganda, you're breaking up real bad on us, uh, Brother Tyson. You're breaking up real bad. Um, maybe try to move the receiver a little bit from, oh, we just lost him. Sorry about that. <laughs> it's okay. Okay. Uh, Maxwell, did you have anything else? Okay, Maxwell, you might have yourself muted. Are you there? Yeah, Skylar, I said, what are some of the projects, are you, upcoming projects, you're working on projects right now, and, and various things? Yeah. yeah, well, actually, one thing that I would like to uh, mention, too, um, I'll go on to another documentary that Maxwell and I are actually collaborating on, but with uh, for incarceration education, um, we're having this big movement of community impact. So, for example, we're organizing this big screening in April down in San Diego, where the one where it's a two-day screening. So, one day we're bringing other criminal justice-related films together with the city of Chula Vista um, in San Diego, and then the next day we're doing a community um, photography empowerment workshop with the kids, um, with the youth, the high schoolers, and also community college students centered around, uh, you know, empowering, you know, telling your story through photography, because that's a very important medium, um, and one that, you know, most kids these days have phones and can share their stories through even the photographs they take on their phone. So, um, you know, the whole community impact with the use of film is really important to us, and we want to be able to do that nationally. And so um, that's what we're doing with uh, the film also. Just as an update for those who end up, our film is online, uh, just free of streaming. We wanted it to be available for anyone at any point because, um, you know, everyone should have access to this film. I think that it's a great educational, like, great educational film as well as inspirational. And it does, you know, open the eyes to a lot of people, whether you have a felony conviction or you're a landlord. Um, 
And then in regards to uh, other films that I'm working on, Maxwell and I are doing this, uh, we're working on a film together. We're in the early process of it, but we're hoping to highlight his experience with the Lifers group, um, which I'm sure Maxwell has probably talked about on the show before, but um, really kind of, you know, highlighting these stories that have been forgotten along the way or just have not been a part of mainstream dialogue or mainstream media recently. And these stories are as important as ever. And so we'll be continuing to do that. And I want you to be able to tell the people how they will be able to your link in order to uh, see uh, um, uh, incarceration education. Um, how will yeah. they be able to, you, they can go online? There's yeah, if you, uh, yeah, if you go to fightfilm.com, F-I-T-E, film.com, it has a link to the film as well as a email that you can uh, reach out to us with um, if you want to hold a screening or if you want to acquire a screener. We have a few libraries. We also have a few courts in, I think, New York and Georgia that screen their film to um, to their prosecutors as well as um, a few of the jails and prisons in the area. So you can hold your own screenings. You don't need us to go out there. Um, we just want as many people to see it as possible. So feel free to reach out. It sounds like it sounds like something. And first, let me say this. The telephone number is 704-802-5056. If you are on the line or listening and you have a question or comment for our guests, um, Please hit star star on your keypad. That will unmute you. I will see you on the board and we will let you get in your question or comment. Again, hit star star on the keypad. You know, I really appreciate what you just said, uh, Skyler, because I really appreciate it. Hello? Um, yes, give me just a second, Brother Tyson. Um, I really appreciate it when Ava DuVernay's uh, film came out, which was funded by Netflix the, yeah. thir- the 13th. Netflix gave the public permission to show that film, you know, in, in public settings, whether at your church, whether it's at your community center. And, you know, I, I just really thought that that was great because we, some of us mm-hmm. did use that to introduce people to the 13th amendment and point out the exception right. clause that it never completely abolished slavery, but created a neo-slavery through the prisons if you're convicted of a crime. So I really appreciate you making your film, you know, available to those who will take the opportunity to uh, screen that film, you know, in their places where they are. Right. Thank you. Yeah. This is Skylar. This is Brother yeah. Tyson. I had, I was been trying to comment on something that you said and I agree with you 100% that social media, publicity, you know, paparazzi, mm-hmm. all that has a big thing to play and what get implemented in our society today. And mm-hmm. what I mean, when I, I'm going to go back because at the simple fact is that, you know, propaganda is what they knew that can control the mass. Right. Meaning, it propaganda controlled the community. When they was able to put things in the media, you know, to to convince people this is this is what they should believe. This is what what, what took the power from the people. It took the power from the community, and so you are totally one hundred percent right. And this is why we struggle today with trying to trying to get things done because if 
the people who are controlling the media and propaganda be able to prevent, I mean, be able to control what it is they want to say, mm-hmm. you know, eliminate the voices of the people. Exactly. And and you, you are 100% right. And this is what's going on inside the prison population. They are silencing the brothers and sisters that are incarcerated because they are putting fear in them that, or or they they cutting off contact, especially in the feds. If mm-hmm. I send you five hundred or five thousand miles away from your family member, where it make it impossible for your family member to get up there, or I record right. your phone calls and be able to disconnect your phone call, you know, if I feel like you are giving information or you are talking or you say the wrong thing on the phone, I can I can disconnect your phone call. Now, Scott, I just mm-hmm. came home from the feds, so I'm telling you, mm-hmm. not 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 word of mouth, but what I have experienced that is in black and white. You understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I have a brother right now who's sitting with 50 years, who has been convicted wow. of a crime he didn't even commit, and mm-hmm. his lawyer fell asleep on him in trial, and they wouldn't oh. even give him a new lawyer. So the things that are being done. To, to the community and to the people within the justice system, it's all about money and it's all about getting a conviction. To being able mm-hmm. to silence the community or silence a victim, family. You feel what I'm saying? So right. if, if 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 I can if I can convince you like a victim, if I can convince a, uh, a victim family that oh we are handling the case or we are, we are doing what we're supposed to do. They don't care who they put behind bars. As long as they put somebody behind bars to be able to say they got justice for a family member. And it's not fair. These are the things that people are not talking about. People are getting wrongly convicted of crimes that they didn't do. I have two brothers that sitting in, one brother in federal prison. Another man took the charge and, and uh, accepted the charge, and they still gave my brother 30 years. Wow. You know what I'm saying? So these are things and issues that what you're saying is totally right. Media, propaganda has been always the destroyer of our communities since the beginning mm-hmm. of time. Since since the government understood what the propaganda of of of, of the relation of being able to control the media can do to an organization to a community, to the people, they've been using it. And you're totally right. right. Let me yeah. let, let me yeah, ask just, this question. Just, I'm I'm sorry, yeah. I, I think I just uh, ahead, interrupted. Ahead, yeah. Um I don't know if you was aware of, of this. You know, there was this big thing with this comedian, uh, Monique is is what she goes by and she didn't want she will you know, she raised the stink and I'm not gonna say she was wrong, but she felt like she was being underpaid by um, Netflix to do a comedy special. And she was saying, I got to Oscar this and, I, and Oscar that. And so I had mm-hmm. reached out to her and I was like, you know, they got your, they got your comedy uh, film that where you went into a prison and, you know, they filmed you, you know, letting the prisoners laugh and joke, attend to your, your comedy. I said, I view that as being exploitive. Um, you know, there are entire shows that's based on people behind the bars and people are making money off of this and none of the money is going back 
to the programs that these prisoners need. And so, Skylar, what what is your thought? Do you see that as a problem? I mean, I think this goes back to what we was talking about, the demonization. There's exploitation right. and demonization of prisoners with these big media companies making money off of stuff like um, well, again, I don't watch these type of things, so I don't know some of the names, and I've forgotten some of them, but do you know what I'm talking about? Totally. I completely understand that. Like, you have, you know, Locked Up or shows like that that kind of over-glamorize in a way, too, or make, you know, an inmate look like one certain kind of way. Sensationalized, yeah. And, yeah. you know, it's to get gain viewership amongst the public, the general public, um, who n- might not necessarily even know someone or think that they know someone who's involved with the criminal justice system or has been um and so like they have their audience and they know that that works and they make a ton of money off of it um i would feel really strange doing that i mean i know every filmmaker has their own kind of thing and that's a big constant issue too that comes up a lot of the time is with journalists specifically like for example is coming into a community and not giving back in some way you know you go into a community take their story and leave and that's it that's the last thing you hear from them, which I think is personally problematic. Um, I don't really know how to fix that issue. I mean, I do what I do because I love to go into the community and actually, you know, help and be hands-on and give resources and that kind of thing. But I totally understand what you're saying. And a lot of filmmakers and journalists and, you know, media makers of any kind tend to do that often by capitalizing on people's stories or issues and making money off of it. And I honestly, I, don't know how to fix that. <laughs> and uh, Skylar's actually pretty assistant more than this. You know, she's, uh, yeah, as I said, she's been involved with more than, you know, 20 different documentaries there alone with CNN. She's also, mm-hmm. her film uh, from education to incarceration, I mean, incarceration education has also, fight films, has also received, like, many awards as a result of that. She won the first place both in the Big Ideals, Berkeley Arts and Social Change category, in the Grand Prize Pitch Day 2016, Fight Film was also selected as commitment for the Clinton Global Initiative 2016 and finalist for the Fast Company 2017 World Changing Ideals Award. And a finalist at the, for the Red Bull after Nichols Academy for Social Entrepreneurs. So that film has gotten some uh, great praises from out there and from yeah. some of the people that have viewed it and everything. So, you know, I just wanted to, to add that, you know, it's like it's not like I mean even though it's not like to it but it's, she is new to it but just have a lot of things up under her belt already so I just imagine her down the line and as she saying the importance of the importance of her being able to give back when the journalists come into those communities and exploit them that some journalists don't give back and she's one of the ones that like to be able to give something back to that community instead of just exploiting that community. But Sister Scott, you said you don't know how to how to change it. Well, here's a solution to what I think how we can change it as as people who are are seeing eye to eye with things that that are unjust. Mm-hmm. We can change it by expressing to the communities and, right, and getting right. this message out to the people, letting them know what they are doing to be able to destroy communities by using right. propaganda by using social media, by using cameramen and things like that to be able to, to destroy what we think, our pattern, and our ways of life. But we right. have to get people, we have to get out there in the, in the streets and continue 
that these people could understand by letting them know, listen, this is what's happening. This is what they're doing. These are the things that they, they want you to ignore. Mm-hmm. And, and see, we doing the right thing. And see, you are on the right path, Miss Skyler. And you're doing the right things by bringing awareness to the things that are going on. And I have and to second we, that, Tyson. I have to agree. It's a village to be able to to, to continue to bring the awareness to the people, so these people will not be 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 caught up in 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 an illusion that has been delivered to us. All it is is an illusion. See, the government is programmed to to make us think a certain way, the way they want us to think, by controlling us through media. You know, propaganda is has always been a downfall of us us as people, period. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. if we can get people to say, listen, man, believe half believe none of what you hear, half of what you see, that that was a model that was told to me. Believe none of what you hear and half of what you see. Because most of the time yeah. is a man, most of the time is a lie. Hey you know hey Tyson. I mean? People mm-hmm. have to learn they can take control of their lives and understand what what is true and what's not true. Tyson, um, along the lines of what you're saying, I wholeheartedly agree. And, you know, that's why not that anybody in my household watch those type of prison shows that's exploiting Mm -hmm. the prisoner. And I also feel like it's a violation of their their human rights. And so, but it is, you're right. It is on us to talk to people, to me, to talk to my neighbor, talk to my coworkers. If I hear them talking about, hey, did you see so-and-so on that prison show last night? And have a conversation with them and say, hey, I mean, don't you think that that's like... Like, you know, a zoo, like they're treating human beings like a zoo for your viewing pleasure and all of that and start those conversations. But at the same time, the brothers and sisters who are being exploited need to know that they're being exploited yeah. and that they shouldn't participate in those type of exploitive films. And to mention also, I mean, if you are working with a journalist or filmmaker of any sort, like question them, ask them, you know, what, like, what do they, like, what are they going to give back in a way? Um, And like some, a lot of people don't, like a lot of journalists don't even think of it. They don't really think of that because that's not what they tell you really in whatever corporation you're working at. And so question them, ask them the tough questions um, and challenge their thought process as a journalist. Um, on how they can get back and not just exploit. Mm. Hey, sis, what I'm, what I'm trying to clarify is, you know, some, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a New Jersey kid, so, you know, sometimes misunderstood. But what I'm saying as a community, it's, it's up to us to be able to, to, to bring awareness to one another. This has nothing to do with prison. This has nothing to do with you know, what we see or what we don't see. It's about being able to stand up and speak about what is right for one another. Right. The people, and not only that, to be able to stop listening and taking judgment on people because somebody tell us something. Just like somebody can come tell me, oh, she ain't no good. I'm not mm-hmm. going to go off for that. I'm going to go off on how you treat me. And this is how, this is this is what been been took away from us. We always going off a of word of mouth instead of seeing what's what's on the other side or what can come mm-hmm. out of this. This is this is what I'm trying to explain. What I'm trying to explain is that 
we allowing the the, uh, the media to control us about what's going on. That's why we need to be. On. We don't know what they had behind them locked doors, behind them secret meetings that they had. We don't yeah. know none of that. But as a oh, excuse me for a moment. Is Mother Khadija still on there? Yes, ma'am. But as a community, we have to stand up for one another to be able to provide security for one another and also be able to be leaders and be able to provide the information that need to be provided to be able to challenge the things that these people tell us. Mm-hmm. Because everything everything ain't, ain't, ain't what it seems, especially if it ain't black and white. And some of that ain't even right. Because anybody could type up a document to make us try to believe what they want us to believe. That's what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that, you know, what we're doing is a positive thing, being able to bring awareness to the community, the listeners. And this is something that, that needs to be done on a basis, whether we on a radio, whether we are on the street. See, I, I, I doctor and I, and, I, and I speak to my little young brothers in the community older people, you know, and I let them know that they need to be more aware, even if they have brothers and sisters who are incarcerated or who just came home, to be able to provide support for these these young brothers and sisters so they don't offend again. To keep them out the system. um, Enlighten them and give them courage and hope. Because if you make a person feel like he ain't got nothing to live for, he don't care what he do. The message that I'm trying to bring is you don't have no hope. You don't care if you got to go back to jail because you ain't got nothing to live mm-hmm. for. You don't care if if you go out there and rob and steal because you don't got nothing to live for. But we can't allow the government to put our brothers and sisters in that situation to make them feel like that because we have to open up doors to make them feel like they want it back in society. We have to open up doors to make them feel like they're secure when they're in their prison. When you mm-hmm. got guards bullying inmates, you got guards that come to work because they go on, going through something at home and they want to take their frustration out you, ready to bust you on your head because because you ain't feeling their attitude or how they coming towards you, cussing you out, disrespecting you. You know, this is the things that I'm about, and I take this passionately because I've been through this. I witnessed this stuff, you know, and I'm still going through it to this day. I'm a convicted felon, a two-time felon. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. All right. So, All right, brother. You know, we're going we're gonna to get ready to wrap this up because I know Skylar had to get back. Yeah, yeah, Skylar, if, if you will hold on, on for California us. California time. Yeah, yeah, yeah if you want. a couple more minutes. Yeah, if you want to hold on for us, I do need to take our quick station yeah. identification break. And when we come back on the other side, we're going to wrap up this interview and we'll close out with Skylar. If you will give out your contact information, anything that, you know, you want to bring uh, to our listening audience or how they can contact you or how they can uh, support your work as well. All right. You're listening to New Abolitionist Radio on the Black Talk Radio Network. Stay tuned. We'll be right back on the other side of this short break. You are tuned in to the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts and live program scheduling, visit us on the web at blacktalkradionetwork.com.
All right, and welcome back, Skyler. If, if if you have any closing thoughts that you would like to share with us, and please, as Maxwell stated, you know, share your contact information, website information, and how people can contact you. Yeah, well, thanks again for having me on the show. It was great talking to you all. You know, about it's great not like it would be stuff. the last time, Skyler. Yeah, I know. I'd be happy to come back on anytime and talk about media and, you know, yeah. whatever. Because um, it is important. I totally agree. It's, you know, a really powerful tool, which is what draw, drew me to film because, you know, it has the power. It has all that power. And so it's to do it in the right way. And that's what we're hoping to do is fight film from incarceration to education. And, um, yeah, if you missed the beginning, we're holding screenings around the country. And if you want to hold your own screening, please feel free to reach out to us. Our website is fitefilm.com. And you can reach us at fite film at gmail.com and please reach out we can send you a screener or we can help you organize your own screening at college prison jail company whatever we just want people to see the film and get the message out and Skylar, this is mother khadija i didn't get a chance to say much because we had some mm-hmm. technical difficulties over here but we appreciate you coming on the show and and i do want to you know eventually with you know discuss some things with you because we have one particular case. I really would like for you to take a review with an inmate that actually was over sentenced. And I'd love mm-hmm. for you to do a documentary, Killer E. We got to free him because he needs to be here 2019 because he has a lot of things as far as the okay. educational um, programs that he has, curriculum he's already starting. And he also okay. has ways and solutions that legislators need to look at to revamp the laws they have. So I just look forward to working with you in the near future as well. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, I look forward to talking to you more. All right. Thank you. Thank you again for joining us, Skylar. Thank you. All right. Take care, Skylar. All right. Thank you. All right. Bye. All right. All right. Okay, we want to open up the phone lines uh, once again. I know, Mother Khadija, you had said we were uh, expecting, you know, another person to call in to uh, share their story with us. If that person is on the line, hit star star on your keypad to unmute yourself. All right, and um, we have... Uh, someone just unmuted from the 704. Who do we have on the line? And thank you for joining us tonight on New Abolitionist Radio. Seven zero four last four zero four four six. Did you have a question or comment? Maybe check your phone. Make sure it's not muted. You can hear me? Yes, we hear you now. Yeah, I just wanted to know that Ty has a valid point about everything that he said. But the thing that got me mad because he was trying to say what he had to say, but it kept getting cut off. And I feel like he had a lot of experience about niggas that been incarcerated. Feel me? I don't know if I curse on this radio show or not. Um, no, I, this I, this I is a family. Like, this a family friendly. Uh, it, network. It's not necessary to get your point. No, across, I didn't want to curse like that, but it's just like it slips out here and there. But I'm just saying, like, I just feel like he said what he had to say because I feel like he had the experience okay. of being, yeah. a, being incarcerated. Feel me? Because I've been in jail and I seen exactly what was going on. My family's exactly. in jail. Like, I have family and friends, and my father been in jail most of my whole life. 
So I understand I've also, everything I've that's going as, on. As a, as a co-host of this show, I also served a total of 35 years in prison myself. So I have a full yeah, understanding back. of what's going on myself. 35 years yeah, in back. there, so I'm not showing on any of that. Yeah. But I had an uncle who did, who did 10 and did 15 back to back. Yeah. He just came home. All right. Now, how is he doing now? Life for a minute. He couldn't, he couldn't deal with society because society changed. So what do you mean he couldn't so deal with it's, it? It's, it's been a lot of changing. Like, I understand I was, I was feeling where he was coming from because it changed my life also. I only yeah. been to jail one time. Like, I can't even lie about that. I've been in the county here and here. Yeah. But not like that. I don't go to jail because I don't want that in my life. That's a good thing. But when you say your uncle's changing, couldn't deal with it, what do you mean he couldn't change? So how did he, he could, handle that? He couldn't deal with it. He couldn't handle it because society changed. It wasn't like how it used to be when he was actually home. Yeah, so he has he adjusted at all? In the right way. So the, the prison society changed his whole lifestyle up. Yes, yes, yes. Well, but how is he coming along right now is what I'm trying to understand. No, nah, he's doing good now since he's been home. Like, he's been good. Like, he's been chilling. Right. Like, he's been chilling. He's just trying to deal with everything here by here because he's trying to be around his kids. And let me just say this. That's too. all everybody wants to be around their kids, but they give so I, many, so yeah. many max senses to everybody who don't even deserve the max senses the way they give yeah. to them. Yeah. I've been and home it, since like, 2012. I've been home, and I still haven't fully adjusted. Fully adjusted. I still have moments, and I'm still adjusting. Even after being home since 2012, I'm still adjusting. So that could take, you know, it, it's no particular time that you have to adjust. It's going, you know, you have to just get there. And, like, right now, day to day, I'm still adjusting right now. So we can't. We didn't get to where we were at that level in our lives where we were overnight. So for some yeah. of us, just as long as it took us to get yeah, there, undo these things and get this away, it might take us just as long. So I had to deal with the situation. Hey, let so me address. I, I, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, Reek. Uh, this is Reek, right? Yes, 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 sir. Yeah. Thanks again for calling in, Reek. Let let me let me clarify clarify something you know because you had said that you know perhaps he felt like he was being cut off um you know um i i, I can't say everyone on here but um you know the panel that we have now is new to this radio format i've been doing this a long time and it's not that i'm trying to cut it yeah i'm not trying to cut anyone off but what I'm trying to do is keep us organized and on schedule. You know, when we have guests, we only have a limited amount of time and we want to speak to them about their area of expertise and how it in- intersects with prison slavery. And, yeah, you know, that's what's the truth. You picked the right guest to put me on there because you got somebody to talk about the uh, situations going on. She's breaking everything down. I just, I'll pay attention to everything. Yeah, so so it's not that I'm trying to cut anyone off. I'm just trying to keep us on schedule and and, and organize, you know. And because of our time frame, yeah, our time frame only. Nobody's yes, about you. Yes, sir. I, I apologize. I just wanted to hit his point of view too. Like, right, and now is that time, you know, because we don't have a guest. We pretty much in open form right now, and now it is that time, you know, because we do want this, and it has been since 2014, a platform, you know, for victims of prison slavery. You know, we actually sometimes yeah, get calls. I see that. Shit. Yeah, I seen it. I seen it when I was in prison. I seen it when you foul language, but I seen it when I was locked up. I ain't go down prison. But I was in a county. I seen racists how they split us up, the blacks and the whites. And they kept the Spanish 
in the middle in the white in their own little area and kept us all in one area. And I was like, I kind of racist too. I don't know because I'm from Jersey. Feel me? Mm-hmm. So it was it was kind of different. But mm-hmm. I know that going on in prison all the time, and I wasn't used to it. So my, it was my first time ever being locked up. So I'm just looking at it like, oh wow, they don't want me. This is my friend though. They didn't want to keep us in the same room because he is Hispanic. They moved him away. Yeah. So I didn't want to meet with a black dude that I don't even know. Mm. They're like, yo, why are you going to do that? Every time every time we chill together or try to hang out together, they try to separate us or try to divide us. But even though we knew each other from the streets, but it's, it's still like it's, it's, it's messed up. I can't say fucked up. Uh, I still said it anyway, but still. So do do you think do you think perhaps that you know that is an attempt to create a a race war behind bars? Yes, yes, yes. I feel you. I feel you. And I'm like you. I'm I'm like you. I've never been in prison. My little brother uh, spent ten years in prison. Uh, One was for a parole violation. Um, you know, for a crime he didn't even commit. And they didn't even have no evidence. It was a man's word against him with no evidence that he had broke into this man's house. And, you know, and the saying goes is that, you know, families do time with the prisoners. Now, I will never, I have never experienced what my brother has gone through. But I have been in county lockup just like you. You know, I, I've done things in my youth. I've been in bar fights and found myself in jail over the weekend and things of that nature. And I'm going to tell you, one, one, the last time I was in Mecklenburg County Jail, they had me in a cell by myself. I had to stay the weekend in there. Had me in the jail by myself, and I could just feel the psychological damage. I mean, I, I, I was starting to feel claustrophobic. So I can't even imagine somebody like Maxwell or somebody like Tyson who's been in there multiple years. I was only in there for a weekend. So there are some things that, you know, uh, experience is is the um, uh, best, you know, it's best to hear from those who have had that experience because I've only had a taste of it. You know what, big bro? You, you're absolutely right. And you know what's crazy? Mecklenburg County is... Man, listen, I just came I just came out of there this summer. And it was four deaths. Four people died in there before I came home in Mecklenburg County. And they had me, my wife went on the news, they had me in the cell with ants and no ventilation in the summer. And it was smoking hot in there. And other units had ventilation where it was air conditioning. And I had none and I have asthma. So now, you know, my wife called up there. She had my, 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 my own lawyers called up there, and they didn't fix the situation. But my wife finally went on the news about it. They threw me in a hole in a cell. You know, I had ventilation, but that unit was working, though. That's the only reason why I got ventilation is because that unit was working, and I finally got an asthma pump because she had a favor called up for me to be able to get an asthma pump. So they violated my rights. They didn't care about my conditions. This is the stuff that goes on in Mecklenburg County. I had a man that was in a hole with me that that had a mental he had a mental problem. He used to poop and smear it on the walls. But 
as a punishment, when they took me to the hole because my wife went on the news, they tried to put me in a cell that had feces all on the wall, feces on the bed, and tried to put me in that cell until I started kicking on the door. And I had to act a fool to be able to actually get out of that room. You know? And, and thanks to the brother next door that was was next door to the cell who told me, bro, don't go in that room. It's, it's feces all over there. You know what I'm saying? So it allowed me to tell the officer before he even locked me in that cell. But he still locked me. I sat in that cell for two hours before they came out. I couldn't move. I couldn't touch nothing. I had to stand at the door. couldn't touch the door or nothing because it was feces in that room, smeared all over the walls. Man, that that's very sadistic behavior on the yeah, behalf yeah, of that's, those. That's exactly how it would be. Yeah, that's very sadistic behavior on the behalf of the guards, and and you know, I, there has to be a My process. My first time being locked up, I seen somebody commit suicide. Yeah, there has to be before I even got um written up and be up in there. Like, and then people take your stuff. Like, you got all types of stuff going on. Like, you don't even like yeah. people don't even know what's going on. They think that it's all sweet when they're going. I see people coming in there playing like kids and shit. Like, thinking it's all cool. Like, it ain't cool to be in jail, bro. Like, you in here, you don't know how much time you might get. You don't even go to court. You don't know none of that shit. But they be thinking that it's all good. Like, they, I got family that's in jail now. Doing years behind shit they ain't even do. And that's the bad thing about it. And I sit here and deal with this shit. Niggas like my brothers and everything. Like, my only family members I have, and they they in jail. I understand they did bad things, but most people don't deserve the time they get. They're looking at people for little, 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 little crimes, but not big crimes. Right, right. Uh, we got about, I think we got about, uh, what, uh, 12 minutes, uh, 13 minutes. Yeah. Uh, left in the broadcast and so again we want to give anybody out there an opportunity that like to chime in give us a call 704-802-5056 and very appreciative of uh, Max making that interview happen with Skyler Economy because I truly do believe that Malcolm X hit it dead on the nail that media controls the minds of the masses and that's why we have to be the media that we want to see and that is the mission of the Black Talk Media Project to teach people um you know if you are a uh, uh, you know new abolitionist radio has limited time all right we only come on once a week but if you become a member of the Black Talk Radio network you can post your stories. We will teach you how to podcast. We'll teach you all the technical skills you might need. But I just want to make that announcement that Black Talk Radio Network is a resource for the people to get their stories out. Exactly. Yeah, but I got a lot of people who come in and can talk. Because like, this is deep. I like listening to listen our radio show. Could you repeat that? I didn't hear you, my brother. What you say? I said I like listening to the radio show. Like, it's oh, very good. deep. It's very deep. And I like listening to it because it explains the, the inside story, not the outside story. But you got to listen to people that actually experienced it. Yes, yes, yes. To actually be in there because I haven't been in there, but I listen to it because I don't want to go back in there because of the situation that I've been through. Exactly. 
I got served with something that I didn't even do. This is my first charge, and I got a. They gave me um. They gave me five years. I had to fight my ass off to get out of there. Mm-hmm. I had to talk for myself because they wanted to defend me. Well, I'm so glad that you were able to stand yeah, up for I, yourself. Yeah, but it changed me a lot because I'm not that's trying to be that. in jail like that. Like, hell right. no, it's not for me. No, my son don't need that. that. My son, 14 years old, I don't need him watching me be in jail, feel me? Yeah. But I got to watch my big cousin be in there, which was my brother, watch him be in jail and for 30 years for something that he ain't even do. I'm sure that's a terrible feeling, brother. Mm-hmm. Where is born? Watch you get sentenced and his daughter right here. And that's what he all he want yearning for. All he wanted is his daughter. That's the sad shit. Yeah. Had to watch over her too. I don't yeah. mind it because that's my brotherhood. That's my cousins, but basically my brother. You know, we grew up together. What you ta- what you're talking about um, is something that I was raising an issue about today. Right now, you know, and again, I stand in solidarity with all victims of, of slavery incarcerated in behind these enemy lines that I call USA Inc. I'm not a xenophobe. I, I, I don't I don't hate on immigrants and refugees because I understand because I served in the military. I understand what I didn't understand then, the destabilization that happens around the world that causes these refugees uh, to come here. But what I don't like is for these politicians, especially that guy by the name of Beto Beto O'Rourke, who all you hear in the news now is about the family separation. Now, I'm not saying that they shouldn't cover that. But what I'm saying is, why are you speaking on family separations of refugees, but you never speak on the family separations of the American citizens that live in your district. Yeah. But you know why yes, they speak sir. on family separation? Because they control the mass, the mass people that's in prison. They want to mm-hmm. separate us from our, our, they our, money women, over it. our children. They want to separate us from our women, our children, our mamas, our fathers, because it, it, it's it's a pattern, brother. They benefit off of it. It's a, it's, a pattern, it. it's a pattern that they created since slavery. Like William Lynch said, it all goes back to William Lynch. It's a pattern, and, and they follow that pattern that he has written and gave to them. If you yep. if you break up a family and make a certain person in the family look weak, you can control the family. Just like that, we and this is what they continue to do. They continue to divide us, to separate us, to keep us. This is why the feds send you weighed out. They don't want your family coming to visit you. You know what I'm saying? If I live in Virginia, they're not going to put me in Virginia. They're going to put me somewhere in probably South Carolina, North Carolina somewhere. And that ties on that. That's why we can say it's not about re- rehabilitation, and oh. because most psychologists will tell you that family contact is very important to a person's yeah. rehabilitation. And but yet, like you state, they're seeing you hundreds of miles, thousands of miles away to where your family can't even visit you. That's you know what's the radius, brother? That's fact. That's fact. You know what's the radius in the federal prison? They they can send you up to five hundred thousand miles away from your family members. Now yes, now when when I went to see the judge when I got sentenced, I said, Listen, you know my family's here and you know, 
Oakland condition. So they sent me about a ride about two and a half hours away from my wife. You know what I'm saying? So now it takes two and a half hours for my wife to travel with three kids to come see me. But you could have put put me in a, in, in, in a spot to where my wife only would have had to take at least an hour ride to come see me. But they make it inconvenient because if you get too many visits, they're going to ship you out of that, that prison. They're going to ship you so somewhere. Brother Ty, Brother Ty, my cousin got sent all the way to Texas. And yeah. my family is in Jersey. How right. is mother going to see him? See, that's, that's the thing about that. How is mother going to see him? That's why I call it and, human trapping. His daughter going to see him. His only daughter that's going to see him. That's, that's the crazy thing about point. that. They don't want no family contact. And they want and to, you know to be a tutelized to come and, back and, again. And in a federal prison, right, you can only call your family one time every 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 45 minutes. You know what I'm saying? So if your family texts you on the computer, yo, I need you to call me, and you just got off the phone from making a phone call, you can't get to that important phone call until after 45 minutes. You have to wait 45 minutes before you make another call. And don't. And this is how they control. This is how they control your contact with people on the outside. You know what I'm saying? They, they, they can they 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 monitor your phone calls. Like we have we had an officer in um that sat in the bubble and listened to phone calls. His name was Robocop. He has charges on him of beating up inmates and everything. Like just putting his hands on. And he used to sit in the bubble and monitor phone calls because I was in a program called RDAP. I took RDAP in the federal penitentiary because. They provided you a halfway house, and they were supposed to provide you a halfway house and a year off of your sentence. And they took that away. So now they had all these brothers that's in a program, and at the last minute they decide to say, oh, well, the government. When Trump came in, Trump took all the halfway houses. So now you have brothers who had nine months halfway house, who was waiting to go to halfway house, and by the time they was getting ready to go, and when they was packed and their family had their bags and everything ready and transitioned over for them to come home, the social worker came and told them, listen, it's a change of plans. You can't come home because you can't get that much halfway house. You can only get 30 days, 30 to 90 days. You know what I'm saying? So you had brothers in there who was like, you know what? I, I don't want that. You know, that's not a little time for me to really re- rehabilitate. I might as well just stay here and just go home without all this, these, these consequences. You know what I'm saying? Because the, 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 the way they set this thing up, man, they fabricated to get people to come in these programs so they could get the money from the funding to be able to keep this program rolling. And they switched the game on people. So, you know, like... Man, I got I can sit here on on this phone and I was and tell you about what's going on in this federal system and how you know they took away the the um the funding to be able to um pay their officers so they wouldn't lose staff. 
you know. So now they trying to struggle how they gonna pay their workers. You know they, you know you got officers, right? Each 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 job is broken down to a category. Each officer has his own workers. You got the own child hall, which is the own dining room area. There's an officer who pays his 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 dining room people. There's an officer who pays the own the cooks. There's an officer who pays sanitation. The officers, because they took the funding, had to come together and decide together from each other budget to be able to pay the workers. You know what I'm saying? Which is 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 not is is not their responsibility. But at the same time. See, these officers was friends. They grew up together, they worked together, and they got businesses together. So they came up with a solution to be able to pay their workers because they didn't like what the BOP was doing to their workers. You know what I'm saying? They was very fair. Not saying that all officers are bad because these officers really actually cared about us getting paid. You know what I'm saying? So what I'm saying is, you know, when when, when you have people that really don't care, you got you got brothers coming in doing eight hours cleaning tables, sweeping and mopping floors, um, um, buffing floors and putting wax down, making twenty two cent an hour, brother Reed. This is sad, man. And when you talk about slavery, if this ain't slavery, our ancestors put cotton for free. But the only difference is they're going to give you 22 cents now. Well, well, actually, some of the victims of slavery pre-1865 were able to purchase their freedom because they had um, an oppressor who might give them a little something, you know, because they were making money. Like there was this one abolitionist black woman who was a skilled dressmaker and they was making a lot of money. And to keep her, I guess, complacent and and productive, they would give her a little cut of the profits that they was making and she was able to save it up. So like I've told people in the past, just because a firefighter in prisons getting paid a dollar an hour, don't make it not slavery. Okay. And and, and, and then on top of that, a lot of people, uh, 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 most of the prisons, especially the private prisons can't run without the inmate labor. So yes, it's slavery. You're right, brother Reed. Some people made money. But what they called those people back in the day, the ones who was able to make money, those was the house niggas. Those was the niggas who created revenue to be able to take care of master. So, you know, like like I said, when you when you had people, you know, who was out there picking cotton for free, they they didn't have a chance to be able to, to earn their freedom back. They didn't have that chance. You had certain what they call excuse my language, so called niggas who was be was able to earn their freedom. It wasn't it wasn't just as inequality and where everybody had the same rights to be able to, to make some money to earn their freedom. A lot of the a lot of the what they call us was niggas who who just worked in worked worked in the field to benefit master. But it was only certain people who they took who took took prejudice to be able to earn their freedom. 
or who they took a liking to to be able to earn their way to be able to, to, to fight for their freedom or to save up money for their freedom or who they feel was beneficial to them. Everything is a beneficial game when it comes to these people, man. Yeah, but, if you know, in terms... They don't need you. In terms, as we already wrap it up, in terms of the woman I was speaking of, um, I wouldn't call. I wouldn't use that derogatory term to to call her, you know, a house uh, Negro, um, because she, you know, that's part of Willie Lynch is to get to get the slaves, you know, to just like they do in the prisons to snitch on no, each I other. Say, I was about to say yeah, the same thing. yeah, it's a psychological game. But once she got her freedom, and many of those who were able to get their freedom didn't just, you know, oh, I got my freedom. Why don't you get your own? No, they joined the abolitionist movement, just like the right. brothers and sisters who got who getting out now are like you are part of the new abolitionist movement to help tell us right. what's going on. But listen, I'm going to go around and let everybody give a, a final thought uh, for tonight. Um, I think it's been a powerful broadcast. I appreciate all participants. Again, shout out to Skylar Economy uh, because I do believe media is the most powerful entity on the face of the planet controlling the minds of the masses. And that's why it's important that we produce the media that we know the mainstream is not going to put out because they're part, they are partaking in this slave dynamic as well. Um, so let's go to, we're going to go to uh, Reek first. Reek. You got any final comments to leave us with tonight? I just like to say I like I like I like hear the um I like the show. I like hearing everything that's going on, but everything is dope. But prison needs to they need to step the game up, but it's not going to happen. You know, everything is just what it is. Y'all y'all had nothing wrong with y'all said, but I liked everything Brother Ty said. Like, cause he actually experienced it. I like people that experience the actual situation, feel me? Well, let me say yeah, this. Yeah, in the new yeah. abolitionist I movement... I you you've been through it, and you in the military, that's the same thing, too. Yeah. In the new abolitionist movement, I accept help, help from wherever I can get, okay? I don't have to experience slavery to know that slavery is wrong. No, 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 no. But, no, I'm not saying that's what you're saying. Too, and that's good that you point that out, that you said you was in the military, yeah, I'm not saying I'm not speaking. I'm not speaking to you. I'm speaking to the audience when I say, you know, okay. that there is room for everybody in this movement, okay, and that we do need to organize and we should include those who have experienced the uh, a victim, who are victims of slavery, you know, uh, in our in our movements and what have you. But we got people from all walks of life. You know that are putting pressure yeah. on on this system, and I hope you know. I hope it ends tomorrow. Uh, I know that's yeah. unlikely, but I'm gonna do everything I can to apply that pressure. Uh, Mother Khadija, that's why I just why I listen to the show. <laughs> Thank you for being the listener, brother. And Thank I, you for calling I, I, in, my keep brother. Keep tuning in. And I'm gonna keep calling in. And I like all right. Keep make good values. Thank about you the show. for calling that's in, stuff. my brother. And you have a lovely night. I'm gonna try to call. Get anybody I can to listen to the show. We appreciate it. All right. Uh, Brother Tyson, any final thoughts? Mother Khadija here. I just wanted to say thanks for letting me be on the show. I didn't say much today because I'm still. So I just wanted to thank you for coming next week. We got some good guests coming on as well. Um, I want to thank Skylar for coming on. 
because what she's doing is really exposing the truth about the, the, the situations that people that locked up go through. And it's just nice to see someone from the outside be so inspired to allow and to be the voice to people that are locked up, to be so inspired to take the time to really showcase. Because we know how media can be. Media gives their own perception of what the truth is. And Ms. Schuyler actually exposes what the absolute truth is. So I really am looking forward to, to learning more about her and how she can help um, become voices to other people locked up. And thank you, Scotty, Black Talk Radio, New Appalachians Radio, Prison Street Talk Ministry. Just wanted to thank everybody for being part of this special show. And we've got, you know, we still know we knew, but we have a lot more information and resources to give out. And thanks for allowing us to have a platform. No doubt, no doubt. And I definitely got to check out that uh, documentary um, that Miss Schuyler made. Um, Brother Melvin, final yes, thoughts? Yes, sir, my brother. Yes, I'd just like to uh, thank, you know, uh, you, Brother Scotty, uh, Sister Mother Khadija, and Brother Faison, and the brother that was on tonight, and, you know, being a part of the Abolitionist Black Talk radio show. And uh, I'm just going to send a special shout-out to Die Jim Crow, uh, you know, to uh, Freer Young and Bill Sherrell, you know. There's also one of our guests that are going to be coming on one day, Brother Scotty, and that's changing the prison narrative through music that has an album coming out in 2020 dealing with the voices behind bars and the things that they're going through. It's changing the prison narrative through music. So hopefully soon, you know, there'll be one of our, there'll be two of our guests that'll be coming on at uh, one point. Mm-hmm. Brother Tyson, you know, did you have some final thoughts? Yes, sir. I just want to say I love you brothers, man. I thank both of y'all for challenging me and, and being challenged by me. You know what I'm saying? With conversation, you know what I'm saying? We don't always have to agree, but we're going to come up with the solution, be able to provide the right information to the people. You know what I'm saying? And I thank you, Brother Reed, man. You're a good brother, man. And um, Brother Maxwell, you're my mentor, yeah, man. Yeah. I love you. You know All what I'm right. saying? Same here, my brother. You know, provide me with you. information and staying on my heels and yeah. giving me the encouragement and teaching me the things that I need to learn. But I would like to um, I would like to shout out, you know, Power Block Radio, Brother BMO, aka Byron Morant, on Connected, Kevin, 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 and um, you know, I thank them brothers, man, because they show support to the show, and they are also encouraging people to tune in and being able to provide the information that we deliver on the show. I thank I thank all the brothers and sisters who listen and tune in to be able to take the information that is provided on this show to be able to help their loved ones who are incarcerated or came out from incarceration. You know, this, this, this is, like I said, this is something dear to me and your heart, bro, because we haven't been through this. It's very dear to our heart. It's very dear to our heart to where is that we are given the information because we don't want brothers and sisters that's, that, that are coming up to be able to, to experience the challenges that we had to go through, the harassment, the abuse, the neglect. You know what I'm saying? Children, if y'all listening, we love y'all. This is for y'all. This is to make a better way for, for, the, for the youth, to make a better way for brothers who are coming out to not continue to continue a cycle to where it's bringing our people down. 
and I mean people in general, not just black, white, black, Caucasian, Asian, whatever. Mm-hmm. Not to continue to keep a cycle going to where we are making these people rich because this is what they want. They want us to continue to put money in their pocket, and we don't need to go down that path. So this is what I had to say, and, I'm, and I thank y'all for y'all time, mm-hmm. and I love y'all brothers, man. Thank love you, love you too, bro. Take love care. you too, bro. Um, for my final thoughts, I would just like uh, people to... Continue to share the program. Hell, have a listening party. You know, we on air live every Wednesday night, 8 o'clock p.m. Invite a friend to sit in and listen. If you're a person out there that has a story to tell, that has been incarcerated or your loved one has been incarcerated, please get in touch with us. This is a platform for you to come in and share your testimony uh, with the people, your firsthand knowledge of what you experienced in there. And and, and finally, I would like to just talk about the 13th Amendment. Listen, slavery has not been abolished. Regardless of all the movies that you've seen, what they told you in them school textbooks, oh, Abraham Lincoln freed the slaves and we fought a civil war to end slavery. Well, no, they didn't, okay? Um, the civil war was fought because the South feared Lincoln was going to end slavery, but he had no intention to do that. And then they sat down together, the North and the South, the people in charge. I ain't talking about the black people that was fighting for freedom, but I'm talking about the politicians, the North and the South, sat down and they reconciled. And that reconciliation is found in the 13th Amendment. Y'all can't practice slavery the way you did the old way, but we going to show you a new way. So that Constitution Amendment, 13th Amendment, needs to be repealed and it needs to be replaced with an amendment that makes no allowance for any kind of slavery. And so if you think slavery is wrong, then do something about it and become part of the new abolitionist movement. With that said, peace and blessings to all. Y'all stay safe behind these enemy lines of USA Inc. I'm out. Okay. Thank you. Land of the free, it lies the home of the homeless. Too many die every day, and we really just want this freedom.